What up, world? Pass first point guard and Trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day, free five days a week, every single weekday, available on all platforms. Make it your first listen every single day and tell your friends to do the same. Today's episode is a mailbag episode. We do this each and every week, answering listeners submitted questions all episode long. You can, there's two ways to get involved if you want to do it. You can tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. Just send me a tweet whenever you're thinking of it. Indicate it's, it's for the mailbag in some form or fashion, and I will add you to the list and get you in a show. If You can also just wait for day of the show. I will send out a tweet soliciting questions. Respond to that tweet. I will get you in the show. If you're not a Twitter user or someone who doesn't tweet, you can email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com is the address. That's lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Those are two ways to do it. Like I said, we do it each and every week. It's a ton of fun. So if you want to get involved in a future one, get in on it. Without further ado, our first question comes from Justin at Drunk in Rip City who asks, Mike, Currently placing same-game parlays on betonline.net is the only thing that makes these Blazers games interesting. Any suggestions on other ways to slog through the final 18 games? Well, I will say betonline.net, the official betting partner of, of, uh, of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Blazers, has in-game odds and and props, and you can parlay the parlay games and uh, and and make your you can fade the Blazers a little bit because they've really struggled. Uh, they were. They were 14 and a half point dogs and lost by 43. So um, it's not, I, I don't think the odds makers have caught up with just how bad the Blazers are going to be. And the, and the spread is never going to be like 35 points. So if they continue to get blown out, there's some money to be made on, on f- fading the trailblazers. But yeah, you know, this, this, this stretch hasn't been particularly fun. There's not a lot of redeemable stuff. You know, the most redeemable stuff is Brandon Williams. He's looked like uh, an NBA player, but like finding finding a backup point guard on a team where Amphrey Simons and, and Damian Lord are your two best players and saying, Hey, maybe Brandon Williams can play 10 minutes a night. He can't, there's not really minutes for him. Uh, or like, you know, maybe, maybe this guy can help on a, on a, on a, on a full, a full strength roster. It's like, yeah, he, I think he's an NBA player, whether, and I think, you know, he's on a two way contract for that extends in the next season. He's probably going to be part of a Blazers roster. I would assume, unless he gets a real deal somewhere else uh, and Blazers would have to release him for him to do that. So like, yeah, I, I think he is one of the lone bright spots. I think watching Trenton Watford is one of the bright spots. I think watching the, the like the, the potential of what Keon Johnson brings could be one of the bright spots, but admittedly that's hard. That's like easy to say, right? It's like watch what they do. They lost by forty three last night. They scored thirty four points in the first half of an NBA game. They're bad. Like this this is a, this roster is not good, and it's it's difficult to find it. But here's what I'm going to do. One, I'm gonna watch all the games because I host a daily podcast available on all platforms about it. But two, I pick, I like to pick one thing to really dig into uh, a couple, couple weeks ago or, or early, the like right out of the all-star break. The thing I was going to really dig into was Keon Johnson. I knew fans were excited about him. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to watch every defensive possession that he plays. And I'm going to just key on him sitting there in the arena on press row and just watch what Keon does on defense. Harder to do when you're, you know, when it's on the broadcast and this like they're choosing what you see. But pick something that excites you. Say it's Trenton Watford's uh, playmaking, and and watch closely all the times Trenton Watford runs dribble handoffs and why he's good at it or where he could get better. Pick one little developmental thing and say this is the thing that's gonna I am going to concentrate sort of my energy on. And if not, you know, 
gamble a lot on bet online and see if you can win some money at the, at the Blazers. But for me, it's keying in on the little stuff. Um, I love the basketball part of basketball. I love the micro skills of that make up basketball. Um, I get more excited about that than player movement and trades and free agency and stuff. The hoops part of hoops is what really um, lights my fire. That that's what excites me. So I find some I find some real joy in that. So give that a try. And if not, if that doesn't work out, Justin, circle back and we'll uh, we'll figure out some new strategies because it could be a long final. 18 games. The Blazers are a little low on NBA level talent. The next question comes from Joshua Arias. That's JW Arias 25 on Twitter who asks, Jody Allen just traded away the best Seahawk to ever suit up. Where's the hope for keeping Dame around? I am very surprised. And I saw this not just from Joshua, but a couple other listeners, a couple other people on on Twitter, and I, and then I kind of looked around if it was like a thing that people were talking about on on the that website Twitter twitter.com. and it was. I am I am very very surprised to see people linking what the Seahawks are doing in the National Football League with what the Blazers might do in the NBA. They're just unrelated. I understand Jody Allen trades trades owns both teams. She didn't make that effing trade. <laughs> It had nothing, it had very little to do with her. Um, it may be like the way that the way that the Allen estate has operated the Seahawks create a climate in which Russell Wilson wanted to play for another team. Sure, that in that way it related um to to her. But like that decision is made by someone else, and the Seahawks chose the coach over the player. The Blazers didn't choose the coach over the player, they fired Terry Stotts, and quite frankly, I think um the NBA is very different than the NFL. The NFL has a has a hard in the sand salary cap like line that you cannot cross there's a soft cap in the nba you can you know eventually you get up to a hard cap level but it's not like that the dollars aren't as specific like that and a a single player has a much larger outsized impact on winning dame is more valuable and more important to the trailblazers than russell wilson was to the seahawks he's the best probably the best seahawk ever um apologies to steve largent but like uh, he is an icon, a franchise icon for sure. And that owned by the owned by the same ownership, but they're unrelated. They're unrelated. Damon Lord is not only more, more important just because of how basketball works. Um, he's more of like a figure within the organization from my perception of what Russell Westbrook is, uh, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson is, I get those names confused too, too often, uh, for someone who talks into a microphone, uh, as regularly as I do, but Dame is just more, he just, he's got more, skin in it more more investment in in what this team is doing dame's not going anywhere he flirted with with considering a future outside of portland last year and then he decided to come back and i think he decided to come back and i believe um without you know just context clues without you know anyone telling me this i think dame's going to sign a max contract extension this summer i think not only is going to be under contract for three more years he's going to sign a max contract extension that puts him in portland for five more years he is not going anywhere He's not going anywhere. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and Jody Allen's ventures up there in, in, in Seattle have just absolutely nothing to do with Dame. Do not, do not read into them. Do not connect them. If you are connecting the dots, you are doing something that um, you, are, you are finding two vaguely related things and doing your best to make them related. They, they, do, they do not have any influence on one another. They absolutely do not. They are, they are separate pots of money. They're separate teams. They're separate plans. It's just, they're totally unrelated. Um, the hope for keeping Damon Lord is that he wants to be here and the Blazers want him to be here and they're going to give him a bunch of money so he stays here too. Next question comes from Death Cab for Cody at C working on it on Twitter who asks, 
Any chance Anthony Simons could be the Blazers' Manu Ginobili and come off the bench? I realize he's definitely talented enough to start and will be paid like a starter. I just think starting Damian Lord and Josh Hart and bringing Anthony Simons off the bench could be really interesting. Death cab for Cody, my man Cody. Uh, the, the simple answer to this question is no. Um, that's not going to happen. But let's, you were not the only one who, in, in, in this sort of round of mailbag questions, the last couple weeks of, of, of mailbag questions, that has sent me something similar. What if Dame comes off the bench? Does that, or what if Ant comes off the bench? Does that, uh, like, solve the Dame and Ant problem? Because if, we all know what it is. Dame is, is the height that he is. He's like 6'2". Amphrey Simons is the height that he is. He's like 6'3". Neither of them are particularly good defenders. You play them next to each other at their size. It's really similar to what the Blazers did before, and that has a ceiling you are a good but probably not great team you have a path to being really think really darn solid really like competitive and good something like you know three four five in the west but do you have championship equity with that size size in the backcourt the answer the simple answer is probably no but the solution is I don't think is bringing Ant off the bench because I don't think that's actually a solution. Um, it was proposed when CJ McCollum was here a million times. Make CJ the sixth man. Sure, great. You know what that solves? And it absolutely solves it. The first six minutes of the game. First six minutes of each half. Nailed it. No prob. No prob. Maybe even the first 40, you could argue the first 42 minutes of every regular season game, right? Like you stagger Ant and Aim so they never play together, which again, not ideal, but you could do it, right? So you stayed bigger. You start Ant or you start Dame, you start Josh Hart, you start Nazir Little, you've got size and defense up front next to Dame. You're kind of maximizing what he looks like. You bring Dame off, you bring Ant on, they basically barely play together in the first three quarters. But the problem is then you're going to run up against it and you're going to run up against it with CJ McCollum as well. This is the same problem. The final six minutes, if those are your best players, they're going to be on the court and you can make them avoid each other and kind of skirt some skirt some uh, regular season wins. I think, I think it's a solution to make the team better in the regular season. But when it's time to go, when you need to win in the final six minutes, you're going to be putting two, your two best scorers, your two best offensive players, Ant and Dame, on the court together in crunch time against the other team's best lineup. You're going to be small in crunch time. Final six, seven, eight minutes of the game. I'm saying six minutes because I'm trying to be really conservative, but more likely, you know, nine minutes, final nine minutes of the game sit for the first three minutes of the quarter. Dame comes back in. Maybe you pull Ant out for two minutes, bring him back at the six and a half, seven minute mark. Final seven minutes. Those two are on the court. Regardless of who starts, regardless of how you mix the puzzle pieces in those first three quarters, that's how it works. That's that. That's just the math of NBA rotations. Every time it's going to make something like $20 million a year. He's not going to be someone who doesn't play at the end of the games. And frankly, he's too good not to be on the court at the end of games. So the six-man solution, while it's... Um, I get it. I get the logic. It doesn't actually solve the problem. It just changes the problem to another point in the game. I will say this. I do think during the regular season, playing Ant and Dame together less is a viable solution to steal more regular season wins because you might be able to put better defense out on the court for a longer period of time. But when it really matters, when you're playing the best teams and when you're playing the most important minutes and when you get into the playoffs, those two dudes are going to have to play and they are going to be the size that they are. All right, so let's come back in the second segment, answer more of your questions on this glorious special delivery mailbag. But first, I want to tell you about 
Prize Picks. If you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I really like Prize Picks, and I bet you will too. It's super easy to use. You pick two or five players, and you're just picking the over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on every entry, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. You're not playing experts. You're not playing the field. You're playing projections set by uh, Prize Picks. You pick the over. You pick the under. And they got every prop you can imagine. Points, rebounds, steals, blocks, uh, free throws made, uh, total fantasy points. You can do it on their award-winning app. You can do it on prizepicks.com and you can make your entry in under 60 seconds. So you want to pick Anthony Simons over 20 points. You want to pick Josh Hart over eight and a half rebounds. It'll be right there for you on Prize Picks. You can win some money. And plus, for a limited time, there's an exclusive no-brainer offer for all Prize Picks users. You get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you got to use the promo code NBA. That's right. Exclusive offer for all my Locked On listeners. Sign up today. Use the promo code NBA and get $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Head on over to prizepicks.com or download the app at prizepicks to check it out. All right. Let's keep it rolling on this glorious special delivery mailbag. Next question comes from Matt Arbaugh at Marbaugh. Matt Arbaugh at Marbaugh. That's got a real ring to it. That's a that is a made for, made for Lockdown Blazers mailbag name. Matt Arbaugh at Marbaugh on Twitter asks, "Would we, that's collective pronoun, have been better off playing for the plan to keep the Pelicans out and having two mid lottery picks, given that it's much easier to little t tank one game than the current situation looks like only one top pick?" Uh, only one top 10 pick. Yeah, there's a, so the, the, like the math here, we've talked about this a bunch, but just real quick, the Blazers have, if they miss the playoffs, will keep their own lottery protected pick. And if the Pelicans miss the playoffs are very likely to get the Pelicans pick, which is if it lands between five and 14, will go to the Blazers. Pelicans are probably gonna have to win two play in games to get to the playoffs. So I don't think it's a lock. I don't think it's a lock, but they're certainly very, they look good and they're very likely to do so. But the simple answer to your question, Matt Arbaugh at Marbaugh is hell no. Because the Blazers are better off losing as much as possible because one pick that lands sixth overall is so much more valuable than, to, to me, from, from my standpoint, than, than 10th and, and 12th, right? Like two later picks. You could say, you could argue that having two gives you a little more ammo to trade and go there, but I think you want to get as high up in the draft as absolutely possible. You want to increase your chances with your own pick. The, pick, the, the Blazers' own pick could be number one overall. Like you want to lose enough that you have chances to j- jump into that top three and get one of those surefire studs like Jamari Smith and Jed Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro. Um, Bancaro coming third, just coincidence. Go Tar Heels. Um, it's it just doesn't make sense. And and like the little T tanking one game thing where you keep the Pelicans out of the playoffs and then throw a game, that's not there's the players not gonna do that. If they were to get into the play in Players and coaches don't tank. The, the The organization is not going to chase the play-in, finish eighth or whatever, try to keep the Pelicans out, and then hold Ants out. If they were going to go for it, they were going to go for it straight up. Um, there wasn't this uh, like 4D chess available. The, the available option to them is what they're doing now, which is be truly bad for the last 25 games. So I think, one, you want to maximize your losses. Two, the the idea that you're going to tank away one game, you might just straight up lose it because you're not good, but they weren't going to throw one game. That's a whole different ball game of cheating as opposed to just like, of, of cheating the game as opposed to just like putting a bad roster out on the court for 
three weeks and and being bad, um, being wholly bad. So yeah, the answer to your question is no. They would not be better off. Um, I've seen other people make this argument. I, I just don't agree with it. But hey, um, whatever. Smarter minds. Matt, this is another Matt, but it's M and then the at sign. So Matt at Matterday24 on Twitter asks, What's the biggest contract an opposing team can offer Anthony Simons on a per-year basis? Anthony Simons max this summer, four years, $130 million with 5% raises every single year. His largest starting salary in year one that he could be offered is $30.25 million. Do not think Anthony Simons is going to get four for 130. No, I just don't think it's going to happen. Four for 110? maybe maybe four for 96 is what i'm going to predict Anthony simon signs for the summer four for 96 next question comes from skateboard c at thrift poppy on twitter shout out to thrift poppy who once sold me a t-shirt uh thrift poppy asks what are some player comps for Anthony simon's potential ceiling and floor it's a good question uh this is the Anthony simon's uh block of the show i think Anthony simon's floor is something like monte ellis um Monte Ellis was, for a brief period, very good. He averaged like 25-5-4 and and then 24-4-4 and in back-to-back seasons. Those are pretty damn good back-to-back seasons. And I really do think that is something like Anthony Simon's floor. Like, I think he's really that good. I think, you know, 23-4 is like total, or 24-4 is like easy easy money if he plays 30-plus minutes a night. Um, he's He can really score in the league. He's developing some playmaking ability. Um if he plays a lot, he'll just randomly grab three rebounds by virtue of being on the court. Like he's, he can play. He's, I'm, I have no worries about like Monte Ellis is good. That's a really good floor. I know that people maybe don't like Monte Ellis cause he's not, uh, um, an analytics darling, not an efficiency darling, but like a dude who could go get a bucket, but doesn't bring a ton else to the table. I think that's Anthony Simon's floor. It's Monte Ellis. Great floor, borderline all-star floor. Uh, I think Monte Ellis' ceiling is Donovan Mitchell. And maybe you think Donovan Mitchell is like an insulting cop for Ant, but I don't, I think Donovan Mitchell rocks. Like he's really good. He's the best offensive player on a team that won 60 games. If Anthony Simons is that, the Blazers are really, really good. You know, Donovan Mitchell's made three straight all-star teams. He's he's an elite offensive force and an engine on on the best offense in the league and quite frankly the best offense in the league for the last three seasons um i think donovan mitchell a, a multi-time all-star before his 26th birthday is something like Anthony simon's floor i think i think that's pretty reasonable all right let's come back and answer finish the show with some uh, some hypotheticals some some listeners sent in but first let me tell you about bill bar the best tasting protein bar in the market if you're me you're going up into your pantry right now and you're grabbing a peanut butter brownie bar because you got to record a podcast and then you're going to play some pickup basketball. So you need a little bit of fuel and that peanut butter brownie has some fuel, like 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar and just four net carbs. Plus it tastes delicious. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it, you're going to find a something that meets your flavor palette on built.com. So if, if like I said, for me peanut butter brownie or cookies and cream, but if you're into uh coconut almond or raspberry salted caramel double chocolate mint brownie there's gonna be something for everybody so why don't you go check those out plus there's limited time flavors all the time so go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get yourself 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com still a pass first point guard 
Still Mike Richmond, you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Our next question comes from Matthew at Reverend Romulus on Twitter. Rev, the king of the hypothetical, gives us the following. Which is more likely for the 2022-23 season? The roster contains six of the players who played on Monday night versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, or the roster contains three players from the 2013-14 Trailblazers. I will count Mo Williams in a coaching role. So by my, by my count, last night, uh, I'm recording this on Tuesday. This is Wednesday, March 9th show, but I'm recording this on Tuesday evening. Uh, the Blazers have four, four and a half players who are going to be on the roster next season. Josh Hart is going to be on the roster next season. Trent Watford is going to be on the roster next season. Greg Brown III is going to be on the roster next season. And Keon Johnson is going to be on the roster next season. Not sure anyone who played other than that who played last night. I think everyone else who played last night against the T-Wolves is pretty unlikely to be on the roster. Either they're, um, they're heading into free agency and they're not going to come back for either being, um, you know, not quite good enough or Ben McLemore, who's just a, a vet, and I, I think it's relatively unlikely that he comes back. Uh, Brandon Williams is on a two-way deal. He's under contract for next season if the Blazers want him. I think he'll come back on a two-way deal. Cheap, looks like a backup point guard, you know, pretty good deal for that. So that's five. I think there's five players, like four and a half, like I said, because a two-way deal is not an NBA deal, but five. F- five, so I think six is really, really unlikely. It's just really unlikely for the weather Blazers, what the Blazers want to do. There's a non-zero chance that CJ LB is back, um, but I think it's pretty low. I think, I think, um, I think we've, for me, I've seen enough of CJ LB's development that I don't, I'm not sure that you want to count him as a back half of the roster type of addition when you already have Keon and Greg Brown, uh, you can have Didi Luzada, you're going to have, you know, you, you might have a second rounder, another second rounder, like I, to me, CJ Lebby's not the guy you take um, Take another flyer on. You've taken a flyer on him. He's getting a bunch of chances. If, if he proves me wrong in the next 18 games, you recalibrate. You add him. Maybe he's your sixth guy who comes back. But So I think it's more likely that the Blazers have three players from the 2013-14 Trailblazers. Damian Lillard's going to be on the roster. You can count him. I think there's an outside chance that Robin Lopez comes back as a backup center. One, pretty decent backup center. Totally, totally serviceable backup center in the league. Uh, you know, age might catch up to him. Two, I believe Robin Lopez's uh, partner, his girlfriend, still lives in Portland. I'm not 100% sure that's true, but I believe last last time I knew about Robin Lopez and, and, and his love life that his girlfriend still lived in Portland. So he has a reason to move back here, move out of Orlando and move back here, although he does indeed love the happiest place on earth. So Dame is a lock. Robin Lopez is like a not outrageous minimum center addition that the Blazers could add. Like not outrageous, um, even somewhat reasonable. He would bolster the front line. He would, Robin Lopez would help. Uh, he's he's fine. Um, has turned into a, a true hookshot assassin. So then I'm going to say that the Blazers have, if, if, if things go right, maybe Mo Williams, who, who recently got the job moving from Alabama State to be the head coach at Jackson State University, um, maybe Mo Williams comes back in a coaching role. Or Earl Watson, who was on that 2013-14 Blazers roster, who is currently an assistant with the Toronto Raptors. I think some combination of uh, of Earl and Mo and potentially the addition of Robin Lopez is somewhat more likely, although very unlikely, uh, to be on the roster as opposed to players who as opposed to six players who uh, appeared in Monday's game against the T-Wolves. Next question comes from Alex at AALax1 on Twitter who asks, Paul Allen named the Vulcan group after his love of Star Trek. If you had a business group, what would you name it? I'd probably name it Freshwater. Uh, that's like a, it's like a family name that's kind of hasn't been used in my family in a little while, but um, is a cl- is a sort of a classic family name. So if I had a, uh, 
if I had a business group, it would be, and, and if it wasn't environmental or something that could be mocked for, name, for being named Freshwater, I would name my business group Freshwater. Final question of the show comes from Sam L. Whiteley at SMC Stank on Twitter. I, I believe, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I believe I am in an anonymous basketball appreciation group chat with Sam L. Whiteley at SMC Stank on Twitter. Sam, if that is you, do not confirm. I prefer the anonymity. Sam asks, how badly would the Blazers 2018 Summer League Championship roster beat the current iteration of the Trailblazers? Bad. <laughs> like, bad. I, looking back at that uh, Blazers Summer League roster, that's that team was like, has some... That team would give... The team that played last night in Minnesota, they lost by 43 to the T-Wolves. The 2018 Summer League Blazers would give that team fits. I think they'd lose by 17. Uh, 17 plus is what I'm going to put the number at. That 2018 Summer League roster, Anthony Simons, Gary Trent Jr., Jake Lehman, Zach Collins, Caleb Swanigan, Archie Goodwin, John Jenkins, KJ McDaniels. They, they, shout out to Casper Ware. <laughs> uh, shout out to, you know, they, the the Blazers, that summer league team like had some, Archie Goodwin played in the league. John Jenkins played in the league. KJ McDaniels was like an NBA player. Um, th th all three of those dudes would have been the best wing on the Blazers roster last night. With all due respect to Josh Hart, who just wasn't very good last night, but he's better than those guys. Um, you, if you say Ant can play for both teams, I think 2022 Ant beats the snot out of 2018 summer Ant. But uh, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Jake Lehman, who scored pretty easily against the Blazers backups there in the fourth quarter, Zach Collins, um, Caleb Swanigan's going to give the Blazers current front line fits. Like Zach Collins uh, struggled a little bit coming back from injury after a long, long, long layoff. But like, is Zach Collins worse than Drew Eubanks? I don't think so. Swanigan. Uh, you know, if he's the in-shape 2018 Summer League Swanigan and in, in NBA shape, like, that's just another big body. The Blazers don't have enough size. Swanigan versus Trenton Watford, that's a fun matchup, but Swanigan just physically, just physically larger, just probably stronger and tougher than him. I think that's, I think Gary Trent is just like going to give the Blazers fits. I think this team's better on defense. I think they're better on offense. I think they win by 17. Shout out to the last Blazers true championship, the 2018 Summer League title that they won in Vegas over the Lakers. Take that. I believe Josh Hart might have been on that 2018 Lakers championship league, so he might lose to the 2018 Summer League uh, team twice. That's brutal. Yeah, but I think, straight up, I think that Summer League team is like significantly better than the roster the Blazers trotted out last night. And again, the Blazers are doing this on purpose. They didn't mistake into this. This is the plan. They It is going swimmingly. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, a lot of you ask questions, quite frankly, and I'm just going to be straight up here if you're still listening at the end of the show, and I appreciate if you, if you are. A lot of you ask questions about trades and uh, free agents and trade to player exceptions and all that stuff. We got a long way to go. I'm holding off on that stuff a little bit. We got 18 more games. Then we got a whole run through the playoffs and build up to the draft. Like we're going to talk about free agency. We're going to talk about trades. We're going to talk about the roster changing. But for this week, I held off a little bit just because uh, it's too early to really get into it. As we know more of where the Blazers are going to pick and all those things, I'll look into the summer. I'm not anti-player movement. I love, I, I'm, it fascinates me. Um, I, I really, it is, it is a super interesting what's next for the Blazers. Like they have a fascinating, 
fascinating summer ahead and I cannot wait to dive into it with you. But if you asked a question about trades and traded player exceptions and all those things, um, I'm not ignoring you. I just, I've saved it in a separate word doc and we're coming back to it here in the near future. Uh, we do mailbags every week. Uh, you can get involved in another one by tweeting at me at Mike G. Rich or sending me an email lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. That's the two ways to do it. So if you if you have a question, send me there. If you asked a question and I didn't get to it, don't worry, I've got it saved and it's ready to go. If you're what if you're waiting for more, guess what? Lockdown Blazers five days a week, so we got more shows. The Blazers on Wednesday evening play the Utah Jazz. Uh, Embry Simons is is a uh, questionable to play in that game with now what the Blazers are calling uh, a tendonitis in his knee. It's moved from a quad injury to a uh, to a kneecap patellar tendon issue patellar problem. Um, so we'll see, but obviously, you know. Uh, Ant is dealing with some left leg stuff and his availability is in question. If he doesn't play, the Blazers are going to get rocked. If he plays, they have a good puncher's chance because he can really, really score. But regardless of how that goes down, we'll have a recap of that game in Salt Lake City uh, on Thursday show. Friday show, uh, we had I had to reschedule an interview, so I'm going to try to swing another interview, but um, if not, we'll do something fun in Friday show. Regardless, five days a week, free on all platforms. Come back and join us. It's going to be a ton of fun. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.